the world through education. Each week we bring you a new idea, however big and bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host and my dad, Ryan Scott. Welcome back, Big Ed Idea listeners. Um, it is crazy to say this, but we have uh, we have we have ascended over the episode 25 mark and we are on the episode 26, which is super duper weird to me. Um, quite honestly, you know, you have heard me say this before, but the only reason I really started this is because I was bored um, during the COVID all that madness that that entailed um, COVID. And, and um, I kind of used this as a way to grow my PLN and to work on my own professional development. So it's it's really awesome. Um, I definitely count it as a blessing that we have made it all the way to episode 26. Um, and so, you know, when I talk about my PLN, I talk about my peeps, you know, I talk about my family, I talk about my, um, you know, those people that that encourage me, that get me moving, um, my family, my community of education. So it's really, um, I guess it's, it's really cool because tonight's guest is actually going to talk about some of the similar um things you know we tonight we are going to meet with uh my new friend you probably know him if you know anything about the education world um if you have anything to do with uh learning about the plc um and i'll tell you as a beginning principal um one of the very first pds i ever watched um was like this seven cd series on how to run an effective plc um and i'll be honest like the definitions of plcs i have seen like 10 20 of them um but i really 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 am grasping to the concept of the plc that our guest tonight has to talk about and and i think you're really going to love his big ed idea because it's applicable and i really think it's common sense and so without further ado i'm going to introduce you guys to my new friend his name is chad dumas he is a dad first of all he is a husband he is a world citizen he is a consultant and author of the 2020 indies book of the year finalist let's put the c in plc he is a trainer and collaborator with next learning solutions and he is a solution tree associate uh, Chad, did I get all that right? I, I think so. It, uh, I wonder <laughs> if that's really all me when you were yeah, listing right. it out there, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. It really is quite an honor, and um, thank you for that warm introduction. Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, when I, when I try to find guests, I try to find um, people that bring something to the table that, number one, people can implement, you know, right off the bat. Um, you know, I'm a realist and I know that for the most part, if people are going to spend 30 to 45 minutes listening to me, um, they need to be able to walk away with something tangible and something um, applicable to their day ahead. Um, I don't know about you, Chad, but I listen to my podcast on my way to work pretty much every morning. Um, I'm on the road by five um, every morning in the gym by 530. So I try to learn, you know, that's my PD time. Um, so, Chad, I am super interested to talk about your idea tonight. 
Um, but before we jump into the meat, um, we always try to do what we ask our teachers to do, which is yeah. to form those connections first. Yeah. So I'm super excited because our first section, first segment is the two for two, where we try to model connections before content. Um, so Chad, before we start talking about your big eye, big ed idea, um, I didn't even ask, and I don't even know where are you coming from tonight? Like, uh, geographically. Yeah. 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 Well, I am in Ames, Iowa. Um, okay. spent most of my career in Nebraska, but have been in Ames, Iowa the last few years. Yeah. So right in the central center part of the country. Nice. So, um, I don't really know about much about that part of the country. Um, I am down here in Western Kentucky. Um, uh -huh. We are synonymous with coal mines and probably cornfields, but I think there's a lot of corn up, up around where you're at too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I thought you were going to say you were synonymous with Kentucky fried chicken is what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> very, very, very true. Um, I like to say we're synonymous with bourbon. Ah, okay. Okay. Which, which may or may not be my um, hydration of choice. <laughs> you know, I'm a Dr. Pepper guy myself. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, I, you know, I've heard that's really good for you. So, hey, it's whatever. Really good for you. Yeah. And, and the way I have it, I like to mix mine half diet, Pepsi or Dr. Coke, it doesn't matter, half diet and half Dr. Pepper. So you get, you know, half the calories but you know the diet coke by itself is just too blah and the dr pepper by itself is too sweet so you get you know this nice little mix and you know i also like to have no ice because that you know takes up space and i don't huh. want to have you know so you know i'm kind of a little bit uh eclectic i guess some might say no no i would so i would <laughs> some would say i would say that um that describes my marriage i'm way out there and my wife kind of centers me so you know, together, okay. together, we're good. Perfect. That's, that's <laughs> the way to be, isn't it? <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, my friend. So um, on the two for two segments, um, it is, like yes. I said, it is just our chance to get to know each other outside of the education realm. Um, yeah. And so my two questions for you tonight, I'm going to bring you, um, I've got some good ones. I did quite All a right. bit of research. So my first one, what makes you laugh the most? Oh, wow. What makes me laugh the most? You know, I love to laugh. I think it's good for our souls and our hearts. It's good for connection. I guess I would say things that make me laugh the most are um, puns, dad jokes, you <laughs> yeah. know, these things that are like, yes, yes. like just like out of the ordinary. Um, I, I, I'm thinking back on one time when we were we were at Culver's, uh, so some of you who aren't from you know the upper Midwest part. Oh yeah, of the country, we have Culver's. Yep. Oh yeah, you got Culver's there. Oh okay. yeah. So Culver's, great little burger joint, uh, French fries and a drink. You can get a kids meal for like less than six bucks, and you get your burger, your fries, your drink, and ice cream. Like it's you know a really good deal. Nice. And I love Culver's. And we were at Culver's one night, and we were talking about something. I don't remember what it was. But our um, youngest son, I think it was our youngest son, he was about seven or eight at that time. We were talking about something. He said, wow, I guess that'll, that'll kill one bird with two stones. And somebody at the table just thought and said, poor bird. <laughs> <laughs> just random. 
totally just random totally, just totally random you know just little silly things oh here and there. I, I love those types of things play on words being punny you know some people say i should i should be in a punitentiary punitentiary <laughs> you know that i really need some punishment yeah, for right, these i right. mean you know um who knew semantics could there. be so funny <laughs> Yes. I love it, my friend. <laughs> I love it. And it's it's so funny because I know you'll you can attest to this. Like, I have four daughters, so we have like four times the ch- the the chances every day that they're going to say something just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it's so great being a parent that's sometimes. That's so, awesome. You get lots of good dad jokes. Tons of listen, and they don't find them as funny <laughs> as I do. They I will. I don't they get do. it. I don't get it. Now, my high school students, they do. They they really appreciate mm-hmm. my dad jokes. But my own kids, not at all. Not at all. Someday. Someday they'll look back and, and regret. <sighs> if they're lucky. So my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> my next question, um, you may have already answered this. I'm hoping you didn't because then this okay. next question will be for not. But what is your favorite fast food chain? Well, you know, I do really like Culver's, um, but, but for the sake of this question, Thank let's, you. you know, we'll just go with this because this is a, a different question. So in Nebraska, there's, there's two chains that I really like. One is Amigos. Hmm. Um, and if you would have asked me this question 10 or 15 years ago, I would have said, without a doubt, Amigos was it. Amigos is a fast food Mexican, um, cheap my wife and I would go there when we had the boys when they were little. And believe it or not, for $2.83, my wife and I and our two boys would eat. Plus, we would what? bring home a burrito afterwards for $2.83. Twice a week, we'd go on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. So, so Amigos used to be my favorite. Now, the quality of their food has kind of gone down. And in the <laughs> meantime, a place called Runza has kind of endeared my to my heart and so anybody who's been to nebraska or knows nebraska the runza itself i'm not a huge runza. fan of, but uh so runza is a cabbage um, ground beef onion pepper mixture rolled up in a bun that's then baked in a bun and it's kind of you know like the mm-hmm. like the, the hot dog shape um now for me runzas are just okay but runza has really really good onion rings like amazing onion rings so i go to blew my mind with totally just blew my mind with the description of that food of the runza oh my yeah Yeah. you'll have to you'll have to get to nebraska and and you know in january and february they have um, temperature tuesdays so whatever the temperature is at 6 a.m is the price of a runza what you buy your your french fries and drink and then the you know you could get if it's below zero, it's free, the, the Runza. And so in January and February, Tuesday is, uh, t- uh, Tuesdays are the day to go to Runza. So Cheat meals. So then <laughs> if I lived up around there, I would not be for global warming. But Yes, you want those cold Tuesdays. Although, you know what? it's better to it's better to spend 30 or 40 cents on that runza you know it's not worth that 30 or 4 cents cents savings to be down at zero you know i'd rather pay that i am writing this down (laughs) runza and i'm going to figure out how i can cook it at home 
and and you know i'm going to make sure that i get this uh, podcast shipped off to them and amigos and culvers all three of those see if yes. uh, you know maybe i have a, a place in their future marketing scheme oh perfect dude let's team up <laughs> let's do it let's do it all right chad what questions do you have for me my friend well mine are not uh mine are like uh, i don't know like maybe some depth to them but you can you know don't have to go with depths if you don't Listen, want. it's okay so, being serious right. is okay all right so my first question is, tell me about some of the things you're really excited about in the next five or 10 years, personally, professionally, in the world, <laughs> football, soccer, anything that you want. Okay. What are you excited about? Like, you know, I'm excited about the Husker football team. You know, they're going to get better because they can't get worse. So. <laughs> well, there's always what are you up. excited about? There's always <laughs> up. So um, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a sports guy um, other than I grew up playing soccer, um, played select soccer, ref high school soccer, coached high school soccer, coached select soccer. And um, there's about, let's see, there's about eight years difference between my oldest and my second oldest. My oldest, when she was younger, was when I was coaching. Um, and she never, ever, ever got into it, no matter how hard I pushed her. She ended up hating soccer. <laughs> and in fact, I had to be a cheer dad, which nothing to any guys out there that are cheer dads. Um, but that was not what I saw myself being. Um, but uh -huh. now uh, there's some hope in my future because Stella Rose, uh -huh. who is my nine-year-old, um, I am coaching her rec team. And then I'm also coaching my six-year-old Hazel's rec team. Uh -huh. But Stella Rose is turning in to be like turning to be this like defensive Goliath out there, like checking people with their butt, um, pushing people down, um, taking charge of the defense and stuff. And so like, uh -huh. like I'm, I'm playing in my mind. I'm, I'm starting to think about whether or not I want to get back into coaching select and, uh -huh. you know, maybe get to coach a select team, uh, nine-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old girls, um, once again, and actually have my daughter on it. So I'm, I'm really excited oh, yeah. about that. That sounds fun. Now the referee in you is going, we shouldn't be checking, doing the checks, right? <laughs> I'm sure that's probably in the back. Listen, this <laughs> soccer is a contact sport. <laughs> it is. As long as you don't gain advantage by the booty bump, it is totally okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's exactly yeah. right. I was a referee as well for many years. Oh, um, cool high school and did a few college games here and there too. But uh, um, one of the things that uh, I remember one of the referees saying to me um, is that, you know, when, when you end the game and it's a tie game, you know whose fault that is? It's the referee's fault. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, okay. Um, uh, yeah. So this is a total sidebar conversation, but I started refing when I was 14 and i was refing mm -hmm. in a in a hispanic soccer league and uh and ah. it was a hispanic adult league and ah. so i'm 14 my dad's taking me these to these games and i knew a little bit of spanish um and uh -huh. so i knew when the hispanic gentlemen were cussing me out and um i gave quite a few red cards to these guys that had no idea that this gringo could speak Spanish. And, and I, I remember vividly my dad having to escort me off to, 
off the uh, field into the car because I don't know, like if you've ever been a, around a Hispanic adult league, like they literally have coolers of beer on the sidelines and it's just uh, a good time. Yeah. So yeah, lots of funny stories involving refereeing. Huh. That's fun. So you got some hope with uh, soccer and family picking up with some soccer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So my other question for you is kind of like on the other end. So um, what are some challenges that you've confronted or are confronting um, either way and uh, how they turn out or how do you hope they'll turn out? Okay. Um, do you want this outside of the education space? Doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Um, so like, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm a little worried that when COVID ends, we kind of just go back to the way things were. Mm. Um, yeah. I've been reading, um, I read what school could be and most likely to succeed by Ted Dintersmith, um, mm -hmm. who talks a lot about the changing face of the workforce. The mm -hmm. fact that between 30 and 40% of all of our jobs are going to be taken over by machine intelligence within the next 20 so ish years. Mm -hmm. And I really worry that when we go back, we're going to stick with teaching content instead of teaching competencies. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe what I personally worry about is that for people that want to look outside of the box, that want to keep the ball rolling forward, they're going to run up against some opposition with um, lack of a better word, the old guard that is comfortable in the system. Um, but in my humble, very humble opinion, um, we are at a precipice. If we don't change the way our education system and some of our focuses and the way we do things. And, um, and I would even gather to say like, the focus of our elementary, focus of our middle, focus of our high school needs to change. Um, and, and so I'm worried that that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It seems like education is always 50 years behind the book. Mm -hmm. You know, we yeah. still ascribe to Fordism and assembly line instruction yeah. and um, there's a lot of really great research and information out there. And um, sometimes it's almost, I don't want to say it's seen in a negative view, but sometimes those ideas are kind of pushed to the side. Mm -hmm. So that's what I worry about. Yeah. So kind of like we've, we've had to, to reinvent for a short period of time, but the the tension on the system was so great during this short period of time that when we come out of it, we're going to just snap right back to the way Absolutely. we were and be unable to really think about unique ways of meeting kids' needs. Yep. Because it's, because yeah. it's, it's, you know, the psychology behind it, that was the last time we were comfortable. And of course, everybody wants to be comfortable, um, right. but, but nothing changes unless you're uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 So that's that. Ah, man. I'm sorry, well, man. I, totally a Debbie Downer. That's all right. No, because this is good because this will, you know, transition well into, you know, the big ed idea and how do we address that challenge? So maybe okay. this will be a good transition. Oh, I think you, I think you're right. Let's do it, dude. Um, so the name of the game 
and the stated purpose of this whole Big Ed Idea podcast mm-hmm. um, is to get voices like yours out into the edgesphere. Um, guys, gals, um, professionals, unprofessionals, just people that have ideas of what they want to do to change the world of or change the world through education. Um, I've said it before, but Simon Sinek said it really well. He said, you know, not everybody has to have the vision. Sometimes it just takes one person's vision to connect with one person's passion. And that's how the ball starts to get rolling. So um, that's what I try to do here. And so tonight, Chad, we are going to bring out your vision. And my sincere hope is that one, two, maybe a hundred people out there listening are going to gravitate to what we're saying and something's going to happen. So before we can talk about the um, solution, we obviously have to talk about the problem. So my friend, Chad, what do you see as the big problem in education these days? So one of the big problems, I think you talked about is this mentality of a um, industrial model of kids come in and you know, at age of six and then at age of seven, they go down this conveyor belt, right? All the way down and then they come out the other end. And part of what um, perpetuates this is school systems. And, and I think it's important to think about it as systems because we inherited a system yeah. that was designed in the 1800s. Sure. Sure. And so none of us has a role in the blame of the system. So that's a really nice, you know, side benefit. But we all do have a role in figuring out how to make the system work better. And unfortunately, the system that was designed was designed as independent contractors. Yeah. So, um, you know, Rick and Becky DeFore, they would say that, you know, schools are a collection of independent, independent contractors connected by a common parking lot. <laughs> you know, we come in each day and we're friendly with each other. We like each other. We have lunch with each other. We have great conversations as adults in the building. And we go into our classrooms and we do our thing, whatever that thing is, right? And the system is not built for collaboration. Yeah. It's not built for us as adults to work together. And we know from 50, 60, 70, getting close to 70 years of research now, that if we wanna improve student learning, the adults in the building have to work together to do that, to access our expertise, to apply our expertise, to learn from each other, to be vulnerable with each other, to build community and improve our practice so that student learning improves. And so I think that's, that's the, the challenge before us is how do we, within this system that wasn't designed to be collaborative, build collaborative communities where we're improving our practice and results for students? Yeah, my my immediate thought of that is um, I completely agree. Um, somehow education has became a competitive sport. Um, you go into pretty much any classroom and um, which for safety purposes, the doors have to be closed. But that's really an analogy um, or a metaphor of kind of maybe I don't know if this is a effect of the high stakes testing movement or it is just a unfortunate side effect um but yeah i completely agree there's some competition there um and so yeah i I completely agree as a very very much so connection-based person relationship-based person um 
the older I get, I look at life differently as far as like everything revolves around connections all the way down to the yes. subatomic particle. Yeah. You know, you've got the electrons and the protons and nothing works unless there's a connection involved. Um, yeah. So if you're saying we need to bring the connection piece back into um, the school building, how do we do that? Why yeah. do we do that? You know? Why? Yeah. How and why? Well, so the why is because, is because no, no one person has all the knowledge and skills necessary to meet the needs of every kid. Uh, no single teacher, no single principal. Not no even the principal? Parent. Not even a, no. I'm sorry to, to sorry to guys burst your bubble on that. No, yeah, none of us has ever knows everything. Um, you know, best case scenario, we've got 25 kids in front of us. Um, you know, if you're a secondary person, you might have 150 or 200 yeah, right. kids every day yeah. that you see. There is no way that you know enough to be able to meet every kid's needs. So the way that we try to get to all those kids' needs is by working together. Because if if I don't know how how know or have the skills to reach uh, Susie, well, maybe you do. And if you don't, maybe an, another one of our colleagues does. And so by working together, we can meet the needs of each and every single one of our kids. And that's the need of our time. Um, if, you know, the, the pandemic has been a, a, a terrible thing in so many ways, and we can't even start to enunciate the number mm -hmm. of ways it's been terrible. And out of this crisis has come some opportunities. And one of those opportunities, I think, is that it has really exposed for us, if we didn't already see them before, gaps in student performance. Amen. Um, and student learning. It, they, they've always existed, but now it's it's just like shining the sun on it. Here it is. And so not only is it, uh, do we need to work together to meet these needs? It's incumbent upon us. Like there's a moral obligation because there's, there's these gaps that are just completely and fully exposed. Um, so from an equitable standpoint, having to do this, um, now, how do we go about doing it? Um, it's, it's not, it, it is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Building professional community, building, putting the C in PLC, the community in PLC is, is a simple idea. It's really about us working together, doing three things. Number one, we're focused on learning. Number two, we're using our results to impact our practice and results for kids. And number three, we're working together to do that. Those are the three big ideas of a PLC. Focus on learning, using our results, working together. So that's like the, the simple part. Now, it's not easy because the systems weren't set up for us to do that. And so what I did um, is look at from a school leader perspective and school leader being a very broad term, um, it can be a central office leader, building principal, assistant principal, deans, instructional coaches, teacher leads, uh, teachers who are taking on roles in teams to, to provide leadership, whatever, school leader, insert whatever specific title you want. What does a school leader need to know to build a collaborative environment. Because we, we know, as I said from the research 50 or 60 years, this works. So, but it's not happening. And part right. of the reasons it's not happening is we've got systems in the way. Partly we also, I don't think are clear about what we need to do. Yeah. And so what I attempted to do was go look at the research 
and find out, okay, what do we need to know and then do? And I identified the 10 elements of what school leaders need to know to be able to build a collaborative environment. So there's this, you know, here's the 10 elements. Um, are you working on these things? First of all, do you know these things? And then second of all, are we working to implement those things? Because that's what it will take to build uh, truly collaborative environments. Very cool. So I, you know, obviously I don't want you to tell me all 10 of those, but could you give us, you know, like three, um, yeah. three quick things that, that our leaders could do in order to build collaborative teams, maybe today when they listen yeah. or maybe tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. So before I share a few, um, anybody can access on my website, uh, nextlearningsolutions.com. There's a little tab at the top that says, uh, I think it says free resources or bonus resources or something like that. And on that link, there is oh, cool. uh, an, a, an overview of uh -huh. the 10 elements, a couple of page like overview. There's also some downloadable checklists for each person to like self-assess how they're doing on that. And then uh, there's a study guide. So if a person buys the book, they can use that to kind of help guide their study of the oh, book, but cool. that's all free on the website. Very cool. Thank so you. having said that, um, I'd also mention that the 10 are not in priority order. Okay. However, there are a few that I pull out. Um, so in other words, the research doesn't say this is most important or not most important. In my opinion, there are some that are more important. So I'll highlight those. Okay. So the, the first element I think is one of the most important. And that element is that we need to know that charismatic leadership is not necessary for long-term success. And I think that's like a huge weight lifted off of most school leaders' shoulders. Yes. Um, because most of us think that we need to be charismatic. And actually the research shows the opposite, that, that charismatic leaders might have short-term bumps, but in the long-term, they won't have long-term sustainability of results. So, so like, that's really important to know as a leader, I don't need to be charismatic. I can yeah. just be me. Yeah. Right. Um, and on the other hand, if I am charismatic, uh, I need to be aware of yeah. that charisma and make sure that I do some other things to be able to make up for that strength slash weakness of long-term collaboration. So, so if charismatic leadership isn't necessary, then what is necessary? Well, Michael Fullen uh, says it very succinctly. He says, relationships, relationships, relationships. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. And so, and, and most people will agree with that. What I've found is that some people are better at building relationships than others. Sure. And so I've identified uh, what I call the three plus one. These are skills that will help anybody, whether you're a relationship builder extraordinaire or someone who can't you know, build a relationship for anything, no matter who you are, if you use these skills, the three plus one, you will build better relationships. And so I should have called it the one plus three, but it doesn't sound as good as three plus <laughs> Yeah, one. no, three plus one uh, sounds the, way better. The, yeah, exactly, the three plus one, because the, the plus one is the environment. It's, yeah. it's the ability to build rapport with people and literally physical rapport that when you and I are in rapport with each other, our bodies, our brains, automatically, subconsciously, without us thinking, start to mirror each other. They reflect each other. And so as a school leader, if you're wanting to build rapport with other people, you need to be aware of that, aware of the nonverbals 
um, signals that people put off and mirror them so that you can build rapport with them. And so that's in hand motion, it's in head movement, it's in intonation of voice, it's in volume and intensity of the voice. So building rapport, that's the plus one. Hmm. And then the three plus one are three sets of skills and they are pausing, paraphrasing, and posing questions. And that when school leaders do those three things in an environment of rapport, that they're more effective in building relationships and the relationships you already have will get stronger. And again, that's pausing, paraphrasing, and posing questions. So I'll just share a little bit about each of these. So pausing literally is just that. It's, you know, taking a breath, <laughs> thinking for a moment, maybe breaking eye contact with the person so that they know that you're thinking. Our brains need time to think. And the part of the brain that's the slowest is the thinking part. It's the way right here Mine's up in the prefrontal slower. cortex. Yep. Way slow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it takes time to think. So we need to give people time to think. And when we give them that time, that builds relationship. Um, oh. Breathing is an important part of that. that makes total breathing sense. gets oxygen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense, but we don't think about it. We, no. We're in our day-to-day -day lives. We're rushing so fast right by each other, right? Somebody comes, ask me a question. I give them an answer. They ask me a question again, right? And instead, as a school leader, hmm, I just paused. Then I might paraphrase one. So one of the things that you're thinking about we need to be addressing um, this week in the school is blah, 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 blah. Right? I don't need to give them an answer right there. I just paraphrase for them. And what that does is it does two things. First of all, it helps them understand that they've been heard. Validate. And second of all, it helps me know that I understand. Mm -hmm, yeah. Because <laughs> how many times do we think that we understand, but we don't, and we go off and we answer some question yeah. that's never been asked. And, and you'll notice, I modeled this actually for, so for your listeners, if you want, you can go back to, I think it was about the, I should have made note of the minute mark. I think it was like six, seven, eight minutes when I was asking you the questions about um, what are you most excited about and what are your challenges? I don't think you even noticed. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you but did. I, but I paraphrased. Yeah, you did. I paraphrased each one of those. It didn't take very long, but it made sure that you knew that I understood and that I understood what you were saying. And psychologically, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal, yes. And, and, and in this order, so pausing first, yep. then paraphrasing, and then I can pose a question. So given your concern about issue X, what are some of the things you've been thinking about that we could do to, uh, to address that issue? I need to, so right? I need to carry these in a, I'm gonna carry these on a post-it note in my pocket <laughs> for perpetuity now, because this makes total sense, man. I'm, I'm telling you, total yeah. sense. Yep, three plus one. It's, yeah, it's, it's really powerful strategies to build relationships, um, yeah. Very and there's cool. there's some more things I talk about in the book that that are really key. You know, like the importance of having clarity mm -hmm. as a leader, um, of of in the school or in the system developing a common language um, around where we want to go. And I think about so so I alluded during the intro that uh, that I'm a Husker fan. So, and I just went to the, to the Husker spring game, you know, recently and, and you go lose. to a, 
We won. We're gonna, oh. We started the 2021 season. The, the scrimmage was a win. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> so one of the things that you notice about any sporting event, regardless of what it is, is er there's a common goal. Everyone knows what the goal is, right? Whether it's the goal of winning or the goal of scoring a touchdown or a field goal or a spike or whatever, right? Depending on whatever the, the sport is, everybody is crystal clear. This is the goal. They're also crystal clear on the actions necessary to get to that goal, right? right? You got to get the ball from point X to point Y. If you get the point ball and you go backwards, that's not going right. Everybody's clear on the actions it takes to get there. They're clear on the language, right? As a Husker fan, there's certain language, especially from the nineties that we talk about a lot, right? And, and you know, the defensive lines and offensive lines and certain plays and certain players and, Right. I mean, again, any sporting event, you've got this um, when you're in the in the stands, when they introduce the players, there are certain rituals that happen. You know, some teams have the, the uh, cheerleaders do push ups or cartwheels or, you know, everybody waves their hand this way or that way. There are common rituals that go along with it. So when you build relationships and thinking about your school, what are our goals? What are the actions that we're taking to get to those goals? What's the language that we use around our practices in the school? What are the rituals that we have to celebrate and to monitor progress on our way there? These are some things that are really key to building, building relationships um, in general, but specifically in terms of uh, as a school leader. Um, so yeah, you have dropped quite a bit of truth and quite a bit of, <laughs> no, I mean it, man. Um, like very actionable things that our listeners can take with them, yeah. Um, yeah. which I'm greatly, greatly appreciative of. Um, I love it when a guest can come on and our listeners can walk away. Um, yes. But what I feel like is you have got a wealth of knowledge out there that um, it is literally going to take me sitting down, opening up one of your books and reading. And so I want to make sure that all of the listeners out there and quite honestly, me um, knows how to get a hold of you. Yeah. Well, yeah. when I say listener, I mean, Ryan Scott, um, how we can get a hold of you and learn more um, about the putting the P sorry, putting the C back in the PLC. So what are the ways that folks can reach you? Yeah, probably the easiest way is through my Twitter, because then that's got a link to my website and okay. other things. And so my Twitter handle is at Chad Dumas, C-H-A-D-D-U-M-A-S. Uh, and for those people who aren't on Twitter, that's okay. You can go on Twitter and put in at, at Chad one or two. Dumas and it'll bring up my stuff. Yeah. There's no numbers, no numbers, no any. I mean, I got okay. on there early enough. So yeah, it's just at Chad Dumas. Um, or people also can go to my website, nextlearningsolutions.com, nextlearningsolutions, yeah, yeah, either way. Great, um, well, Chad, I think, um, I think you have definitely talked about a idea that is, I, I, I think, really fits in today's world. Um, you kind of alluded to it, you know, with COVID, um, one of the things that we've really come to appreciate is SEL, um, particularly, you know, SEL around our teachers and around our students and stuff. 
Um, but what I like about your your idea is it throws that SEL, but then it also adds the um, learning component on top of it too. Um, like we kind of talked to, or we kind of talked about earlier, connections and relationships are, are literally everywhere. Um, yep. But in order for a school to move forward, you have to have strong relationships and you have to have strong connections. Um, so I appreciate that you have given us a list of things that we can actually use to um, move the ball forward, so to speak, or to move that needle forward. Um, yeah. So to all of my listeners out there, um, I would highly encourage you to go to nextlearningsolutions.com or check, check out Chad on Twitter because I'm pretty sure that needs to be your next read. Um, Chad, anything, any words of wisdom, any um, puns that you'd like to leave with us? <laughs> Well, I think I left you all with enough puns earlier, but um, very punny. You no, know, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I last words of wisdom. I suppose I don't know if it's wisdom or not. Um, my high school band teacher would say words to the wise, but I don't know why the word why the wise need words, but here they are anyway. Okay, let's do it. Uh, a word to the wise would be that uh, that we can do this um, working together we can uh, do incredible things and educators are amazing people and get up every day and do incredible things for students. And so let's do this together. Man, I've got uh, goosebumps. That is exactly right. Um, every educator I know wakes up every morning with the sincere desire to change the world um, and the sincere desire to leave an impression on this world whenever they leave. Um, and so Chad, I just wanna tell you again, thank you very much for being sure. a guest on thank the Big you. Ed Idea podcast. It has truly been a lot of fun, um, a lot of fun, honestly. Um, yes. And it's yeah. been enlightening and I appreciate you. I appreciate your smile. I appreciate um, the puns. Um, and please, if there's anything, you know, I don't know what I can do, but if anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. Appreciate that. Same here on the other end. Appreciate that. If I'm ever up in Iowa, um, maybe to go and see the Field of Dreams um, baseball yes. field, you know, because I'll, I'll be honest, yep. that is one of my number one, like number, probably my top five favorite movies of all time. So I see it in my future. I might have to come visit you. It's it's not far away. So the field of dreams for a dreamer. There we go. So on that, I'm going to leave my listeners, like I always do, with a quote on dreaming. We are under the same sky, dreaming the same dream. And so, so to my friends out there in the edgesphere, to my listeners of the Big Ed Idea podcast, once again, I humbly say thank you. And until next time, I will see you in the funny paper. Thank you. 
for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.